With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live.
Welcome to the Waterman Files. Welcome to the Waterman Files. This is Dr. John Waterman coming to you from deep inside the castle. Good afternoon, good morning, wherever you might be, especially if you're on a podcast. Welcome to the broadcast. And today is May 21st, 2015. And of course, it's really important to know. You are not alone. I hope he's listening to this. We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much. So many loved ones gone. You are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. We are at the brink. We are at the brink. Ground crew, you are not alone. We are in this together. You are not alone. You are not alone. Ground crew. You are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. Ground crew, you are not alone. We We are are in this together. Welcome to the broadcast, and uh, you aren't alone is important to know. Today we're going to be talking about communications, and I have some news, and I have some announcements to make. Today, Thursday, is not a regular day to broadcast. I was unable to come on air Wednesday, so we're making up for it today on Thursday. We will be on Friday tomorrow. And uh, wanted to talk to you about communications and get some information to you. And I'm glad that uh, we've got this time to spend together to do this. And uh, you're going to want to get some stuff off the website, uh, the watermanfiles.com website, downloaded. Print it out, actually, would be a good idea. Uh, Because of its information base, basically, that's going to be critical for the future. You know, none of us know where Jade Helm is going. None of us actually have uh, that kind of information. And uh, I really don't want to get into some of the stuff I've personally woo-wooed information, I guess. (laughs) Dreams kind of concern me at times and have come true, three of them. But we don't need to go there. Uh, But I will tell you that more and more as we move forward, things look more dire all the time. And I don't think that takes a magician to see 
but it might need some help with coordinating what you're going to need to do. One of the most important things is communications. But before we get into that, I wanted to uh, bring your, um, make sure you're aware. Uh, I was uh, on Kevin Gallagher's uh, public television broadcast, uh, and there's a YouTube um, broadcast or, or a recording that's up on the Waterman Files now of that uh, of that interview, and uh, he has a a uh, radio a television broadcast in Danbury, uh, Connecticut. He's been doing for 18 years, and I'll be back on. I think it's uh, June the uh, 19th. Let me check here. Uh, hang on just a second, and I'll find out. Okay, yeah, that's the night. Yeah, I'll be on the 19th. That's right. So we'll have the YouTube up uh, at the Waterman Files for that. It's uh, continuing to be the topic of what's on the web. Bot. We're going to be picking out some two topics, detail them out, and uh, kind of get more detail than the first one that you see there. But anyway, that's uh, on the on the calendar. Also on the calendar is going to be a change in broadcast schedule. Uh, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday right now, of course, I had to move one of them to Thursday. Uh, this is why we're doing today's broadcast. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's very few people listening. <laughs> but I know you'll catch it in the in the archives. And yes, I am getting those up. Um, but the uh, broadcast will be changed. I will be dropping Wednesday and doing Thursday. And until further notice, uh, that will begin next week. So I'll be on Mondays, and I think I might be moving that so kind of keep up with us. I uh, might move it to Tuesday. And the reason why is uh, on Thursdays I will not be on TalkShoe. I'll be every Thursday. I will be on Genesis Radio Broadcasting at 11 p.m. Um, Eastern time for two hours. And I will be a regular uh, guest of Aaron Dakins on The Truth Traveler. And basically, uh, we'll be doing that every week until, who knows, until <laughs> we get kicked off or something strange happens, of course. But I thought that would be a good uh, change of venue for us. Uh, there are a lot of people that uh, listen to that broadcast and cross back and forth, so that'll be good. We... Uh, we can uh, be more regular there, and I can actually um, uh, have uh, – it's easier for some people to listen to from that radio station. So it'll be good. It'll be fun, and uh, we'll be doing that starting next week. So next week, it's Monday, Thursday, Friday. Be kind of keeping up with the website. I might – 
before then, change it to Tuesdays and Thursdays, okay? Um, actually, I'm doing that because there's more research and work that I'm doing for shows now. And uh, I would, as you know, probably very rarely get somebody to interview. So that means that the material that I get and talk about has to be researched. We have to work on finding the topic and getting the information and so forth. It's just like uh, covering the news. is It takes time. So uh, might just drop it down to two days a week instead of three, but uh, right now we're still planning for Monday. But uh, tomorrow we'll be on, which is Friday. So it's Monday next week. Starting next week will be Monday, Thursday, Friday. I'll put all the schedule up, changes and announcements, uh, before next week. One of the things that I want you to be aware of was the WebBot report had predicted that some banks were supposed to be getting in trouble, which was going to be leading us into some hard times. It was kind of a mile marker, milestone, whatever you want to call it, of a kind of heads up to the fact that, well, we're going to have start getting ready for our first bump in the road this uh, May-June time frame. And then it's going to kind of simmer down. Then June uh, 21st, well, last week, uh, last 10 days, last week of uh, June, it starts to ramp up. Actually, uh, problems begin to rocket to propel, apparently, according to the report. And they'll accelerate. Problems will accelerate and keep accelerating until September where they hit a high pitch and will level off and stay at a high pitch all the way through the rest of the year. But one of the things that was supposed to propel this May-June problem has showed up quite timely, and of course the reaction to this is going to be very interesting. Will it cause the problems that the WebBot has predicted? We'll have to see. But here's what it is. Banks have been fined $2.5 billion and are pleading guilty to market rigging. Now, this is not a small amount of money. That's $2.5 billion. And I'm going to read you most of this article so that you can get the flavor of it, and uh, it'll be quicker than me chasing rabbits and being upset about nobody going to jail. Four big banks will pay $2.5 billion in fines. They're pleading guilty to criminally manipulating the currency going back all the way to 2007. The banks are J.P. Morgan, Chase, Citigroup, Barclays, and RBS, which is the Royal Bank of Scotland. And they all conspired with one another to fix rates on the U.S. dollar and traded in Huge global market for the currencies, according to a settlement announced Wednesday, yes, Wednesday, last Wednesday, uh, between the banks and the U.S. Department of Justice. <laughs> How much justice we get, <laughs> uh, you know, that uh, we'll have to see. Currency trader allegedly uh 
currency traders allegedly allegedly shared customer orders through chat rooms and used that information to profit ahead of the clients. The criminal behavior took place between December 2007, that's right before the crash, and January 2013, after the crash. So what would you be able to do if you knew there were crashes and that kind of thing in the commodities going to occur? Well, you can make tons of money. A separate, and why the, let me back, well, I won't do that, okay? These people that were in our Congress knew this was coming, and they had already probably worked out a commodity deal, right? And the reason why they were so scared is if they didn't convince us that we had a problem, they weren't going to make money. In fact, they'd have to be on the books for owing probably billions of dollars. So we had our crash, and we allowed him to talk us into it. Anyway, a separate bank, UBS, has agreed to plead guilty to manipulating key interest rates. They're going to pay a $203 million criminal penalty on top of everything else. The broader settlement has been expected for a long time. The Commodity Futures Trading Commission probably has some problems too, but they find these banks a combined total of $1.4 billion for their involvement in the scheme. And so big banks have been fined billions of dollars for their role in the housing bubble and the subsequent financial crisis. But even so, the latest penalties, even though they're big, aren't going to probably be much to somebody that manufactures toilet paper called paper money. What's it going to cost the Fed to do? Well, push a few buttons. This is exactly the problem. Including a separate agreement with the Federal Reserve announced Wednesday, the banks will have paid nearly $9 billion in fines, whoop-de-doo, and penalties for their manipulation of, get this, they manipulated $5.3 trillion dollars in the exchange market. I don't think they got fined enough. Unlike the stock and bond markets, currency trades are done nearly 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The market pauses two times a day just for a moment, and it's known as the fix. And then the traders allegedly shared client information with their rivals ahead of the fix. That pumped up currency rates, and that's how they made their profit. The global companies who do business in multiple currencies rely on their banks uh, to give them the closest thing to the official exchange rate each day. See, banks are supposed to be looking out for their clients instead of using their clients' needs to profit. But that's because we have a for-profit entity that has no allegiance to any one nation, by the way. It is rare to see a bank plea guilty <laughs> to wrongdoing. Well, what's the sweat off their brow? They just punch a few more buttons and pay the fine. Nobody goes to jail. 
It says here, even in the aftermath of the financial crisis, most reached what were known as non-prosecution agreements or deferred uh, prosecution agreements, agreeing to pay billions in fines, but will not admit to guilt that sends them to jail. What would happen if you just stole that much money? What if you manipulate $5.3 trillion and then you pay $1.4 billion in fines and you pocket the rest and don't go to jail? Would you do it? Well, that's what they've just done. There will no, this will not stop them. It's not going to, it'll never stop them. It's absolutely incredible, isn't it? want to give a shout-out to everybody in the chat that's starting to show up. And uh, um, we've got uh, some regulars getting ready to come in tonight. That's great. Glad you're here. We have a nice, tight small community today in all of our locations and the people that are usually on our phone calls don't seem to know we're going to be in this and sometimes they can't schedule it but I'm glad you're here in the chat we're going to be talking now about communications and uh, if you happen to be by a computer this might be a good time to turn on the button and Go to the Waterman Files website because we're going to be talking about some things there. And, uh, excuse me, the thing that you're going to be wanting to look at at the Waterman Files is uh, today's post, of course, about the show has this great big. 3-3-3 radio plan clock at the top, right in the middle, right in your face, right? <laughs> what I suggest everybody do is right-click on it, download it as a graphic, and print it, and then put it in a plastic sleeve or get it sealed up. That's why it's so big. That's the first thing I want you to do. I want you to put this together and you'll see the dotted line cut on those corners do whatever it is but just seal it up so it won't get wet or it might you know if you unless you have a laser printer this will not stay good if it gets wet it'll just uh, smear and even then the paper will you know be bad so try and get it protected from water is what I'm trying to say and it's really kind of nice to have it as a as a, a guide uh, that you can you know, put next to your radio or do somehow uh, attach it to it. But what is this? Well, this is one of the items that we're going to be, the first item we're going to be talking about. There has been some groups, one, of course, I shy away from, which does seem to have some things fairly organized. And the reason why I shun away from it is because it's run by the bad guys. Yes, there's this Jewish man that runs the program, but there's been some good ideas. 
So we're going to steal the good ideas and leave him in the dust. <laughs> we're going to pick this plan here uh, from one of the websites that's been coordinating prepper communications. I think it's a good idea. Why not, right? Here's what we have to start with. If we're going to have if we're going to have communications in an emergency, how do we know when to talk to each other? Well, first of all, you might not be able to monitor things um 24/7. You might be able to get to something like within three hours if you had a plan. So that's the the plan here. Every three hours, it's on something called Channel 3. We're going to talk about all three of these issues. But this is for SHTF. That's hit the fan day communications you you see excuse me you see it says three the first three means that every three hours starting at the top of the clock 12 o'clock you should go to a certain frequency to hear information from a group that you want to be in uh, the in the circle in in the communication loop in the loop with okay now that's not meaning you won't be exposed to some of the uh, government uh, stuff but this is mo- mainly a plan by preppers now it doesn't make any difference if they know when but they don't know what frequency do they. So this plan, this three uh, every three hour plan, I think is a good one because that means that you will never be three hours away if you have at least a, a receiver. You'll never be three hours away from hearing information, twenty four seven, when things get bad, and I think that's pretty good actually. Now, they say that it'll only last for three minutes. Now, there's some reasons why. There's some reasons why not. I would suggest that at least when we communicate it be for at least three minutes. It probably will end up being longer. The thing about it, though, is if it's only going to be three minutes, you cannot be late. You can't be, you can't be a church mouse and be late to this. You've got to be right there when it happens. If there's information in detail to be communicated, it likely will take longer, but three minutes at least to let everybody know you're there and you do it for three minutes. And if you miss it, you're going to have to wait uh, another three hours. So it's 12, 3, 6, and 9. And... uh, If you want your group to do it every three hours and be away from those people, you can just move everything one hour. Okay? This time plan is nationwide for preppers, if you don't know that. It's a nationwide plan for preppers. 
and the three minutes is the minimum amount. Now, channel three. Well, obviously, that is not a ham frequency, is it? No, this is CB radio. And the reason why I think this is so good, who can't get themselves, who can't get themselves a CB radio? Uh, Let's talk about that. It doesn't make any difference which kind of radio you get. The thing that you'll want, and it doesn't need to be so powerful you talk halfway across the United States, the most important thing is that you can hear. But if you have a CB, you can talk on it yourself. And you can talk into uh, that radio you've got to people locally to you, you know, maybe out to 20 miles or so, okay? And uh, so you can have what we call tactical communications. Why we're on Channel 3 CB is that no doubt when it hits the fan, there's going to be enough preppers with lots of horsepower behind their their, uh, CB that they will be heard across the nation. So you probably will pick up a prepper newscast, okay? Or a prepper information network. They don't call them networks. They just basically call these nets. Now, these nets are basically just places to meet on the radio. If you've got the ability to talk, then you can also talk back. But I wouldn't do it on this channel at this time of day. I would make your group of people move either the time on the same channel or I would move to a different frequency. And that would mean going maybe to channel 4 or something like that. So this is where we're going to start. And we're going to start putting the ground crew into a its own uh, network. But we're going to start here. This is where we're going to start. And so, by the way, today, May uh, 21st, if you're listening on a podcast a couple days later, you'll need to go to thewaterinfiles.com and go to the May 21st post. There's two of them at this point. Um, but you'll see there's this... Uh, graphic with a clock on it, just right-click, download it, print it on a piece of paper, and put it in something close to your radio so you'll have the information. It's a simple idea. Now, with that said, let's go over to the um, ground crew download box on the Waterman files. It, it it doesn't say ground crew completely, but it, you know what it is. It's the blue box on the right. It says box. Underneath box, it says ground crew info. If you hover over it, it'll tell you. But in there, you'll now see there's, you know, like uh, pictures. We've got prepper books, a folder, uh, Bob Dean's pictures of you know, UFO and moon stuff. But one of them says communications, and that's the one you'll want to go to because there's some 
information that I just put up there today for you. Now, many of you said on the front page of the website for the broadcast where I had a link to something called Radio Monitoring, a How-To Guide, which is free. The authors allowed it to be downloaded free. You couldn't get, get it downloaded, and it was already working. So I put the How-To Guide, Radio Monitoring, a How-To Guide PDF, in this folder called Communications. So you, if you didn't get it, you can get it there. This is over 300 pages, folks. And I hate to say it, but for, you know, 10 cents or 5 cents a copy, you can have it printed. And it might be worth printing. It's not references for specific communications. It's more general information and gives you a clear idea of how to do, get things done. Just have to look it up in the index. It's kind of a classic, okay, classic, uh, basic broadcast reference book. So there you go. But the first thing that I want you to take a look at, other than that, that we're going to talk about in this box today is called the band plan. The band plan and use is just exactly what it says. Um... Let me get this open all the way. If you click on it, and uh, you can also go to the bottom of that little box, and well, you can click on it in the box, and then at the bottom inside that box, there's a a full a, a full page view. But you can download it too if you want. But how many of you know that sometimes we talk about? a range of frequencies on radios, and we use the term meters. Well, the reason why that happens when we say there's 10 meter or 20 meter band or band, uh, it's a range of frequencies, but that's the size the radio wave is. So, when the radio wave has a certain length to it, then you know how long to make the antenna resonant to it. You can make it full length or cut it in exactly half or cut it in quarters, which is most most what most antennas, like CB antennas, are usually quarter length. Sometimes five-eighths, but quarter length. So here's a band. Here's the frequency range for each of the bands. And it starts with a 160-meter band all the way down to 10 meters. You'll see over to the right, there's like, uh, for the 160, it's 1,800 to 2,000 kilohertz. Okay? And that's a ham radio use area. That's where you're going to hear on that band, that's where you're going to hear ham radio. 120 meters is broadcast commercial broadcast people. You'll hear in those categories. Drop on down to the next hand band is 100 is 80 meters. It's the 120 and the 90 are commercial broadcasting. And so you'll see which ones are ham radio and which one are commercial broadcast bands. To get more information, yeah, you can listen to the broadcast frequencies, but more than more often than not, you're going to be wanting to listen to ham radio frequency bands. 
And so here's your frequencies. The only thing that wasn't put on this chart, which I realized today I should have done, is over on the use side, say, nighttime, daytime, or both. You know, because you can't listen to some of these frequencies during the night, and sometimes you can't listen to some of them during the day. But here's what I want you to be aware of. The higher on this list you go, the bigger the number, the 160 meter, the higher on that number you go, the more nighttime oriented it is. Okay? The lower, generally speaking, is daytime. Not a hard, fast rule, but more than likely you're not going to find any hams on the 80-meter and 40-meter band during the day. Now, that doesn't mean you can't get on to a radio and hear uh, like on the network, uh, in, the internet radio links I've got for you to listen to ham radios through, doesn't mean you're not going to be able to hear ham radios during um, uh, the day they're in those frequency ranges like 7,000 to 7,300. 7,000 to 7,300 is 40 meter, which is generally nighttime. Well, you might be listening from on the radio that's on the internet. You might be listening to a radio that's over on the other side of the planet. That is in the middle of the night. Okay. I want to identify you for you one of these. You might want to make a note. Because on this list, they have marked... I didn't make this up, okay? I just got this downloaded and formatted it and everything for you. I left the words broadcasting on one of these groups. And it... 11 meters. It's almost the, the second from the bottom. 11 meters, it says broadcasting. Um, I think that's kind of going to be deceptive, not deceptive. I think that might be confusing. Because that frequency, uh, that band, 11 meters, is... Uh, 11 meters is is CB radios. So when you're on the Waterman files and you're in this thing on the right-hand column called the box and you click on the communications folder and you've picked on this thing called the band plan that we were talking about and you go down there and you see this now, 11 meters, it says broadcasting. Well, sorry, I shouldn't have put that. I should have just scratched through it. But this is 11 meters is the CB band, but it's not that whole range. That's how it's kind of hard to explain. That range, 25,670 to 26,100, includes in it CB radio. But that isn't taking up all of that room. It's not the whole thing. Some of that is also broadcasting. Just make a note on your paper so that when you print this out, that you understand that 11 meters is CB radio. Okay? Now, what we've got to do then is figure out, well, golly, if that's the band plan, 
how do I know what CB radio frequencies are? And and it's really important to have uh, information about what CB frequencies are. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that. Um, before we do, though, I want you to uh, pick out the uh, the next thing on this list in the folder is called um, frequency channel list. Not frequency channel list too, but frequency channel list. And if you click on it, you'll uh, have to uh, enlarge it to full screen. And you can download it too. But uh, you will see that this is a a channel frequency guide, and it includes all kinds of radios and what kind of radio it is, okay? So let me go over the different kind of radios, frequency. You know, you can walk into almost any target kind of store and go in their radio department and you're going to see family radios. They're called FRS. If you kind of look at the Pro Bash Shops catalog, you're going to also see some FRS. Well, there's FRS radios, that's family radios, and GMRS, and that's general. It means general between those two, the one that you're going to want that has more power and has more distance will be the GMRS radios. Okay? Now, they're both within a certain kind of frequency called UHF, and that means ultra-high frequency. So this chart that you've got here, Programming File Channel List, at the very top where it says uh, Memory Channel Slot. Now, why is it saying that? Because uh, they were suggesting if you have a programmable radio that in Memory Slot 0 you put this frequency. We're going to talk about a radio you can do this to after this chart, okay? But I'm just telling you this. This chart includes family radio and GMRS channels 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way up through 7. And then FRS by itself is a different frequency. GMRS and FRS share the same frequencies in their first seven channels. Then, channel 8 through 13, or 14 is family only, and then 15 through 20, well, actually more than that, yeah, let's say 22, is GMRS, the more powerful one. So, if you're getting one of these little Uniden radios, uh, if they say it's family radio, say, tell them no, or if you are looking at it and reading it, get a GMRS radio. Now, what are they good for? That's the question. Family radios, GMRS radios, they're basically good to just talk. Uh, if you don't want to, you know, get involved with a cell phone and get a contract and all that kind of stuff, 
and you want to stay in touch with somebody and say you're going somewhere and you want to split up, say you're shopping, one of you wants to go to a tool store and the other one wants to go into clothing, rather than trying to coordinate a time and everything, you just want to keep in touch with each other, you just bring a family radio or a GMRS radio with you. You might be, you know, halfway through the mall. It might be kind of hard in the mall because it's got so much obstruction and building, but you can probably contact each other. Usually they say they'll go 36 miles. Well, that's <laughs> way up on a pole, on an ocean, and sure, but in real life they can go about a mile. Don't count on any more than the two-mile mark. I mean, that'd be even that'd be surprising. Um, a mile is pushing it, really, to tell you the truth, in a practical way. And so that's all they're good for. That's just kind of one of those kind of things where you just hand it to somebody and say, um, and by the way, you can get some where they've got earbuds. they got a little plug-in on the side where you can put an earbud so the sound doesn't come out. It, it goes into your ear very quietly, and you can be very stealthy. Uh, let me tell you what these are often used for by some of the groups, the prepper groups. Uh, if they have a security detail and their patrol, they'll have one of oftentimes that are like this anyway. And they will uh, have an earbud so nobody can hear and they'll be talking to each other. So that's otherwise it's going to come over the uh, the radio. Let me see if I can get this to I don't know if you heard that let's see here if you can hear this hang on just a second that was a call I turned on the radio and I pushed the call button and I happened to be on channel 3 channel 3 is the opportunity here that I was telling you about on the band plan every three hours for three minutes on channel three. Remember, if you look at the website there, <clears throat> it says on today's post again, the 3-3-3 radio plan. 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and 9 o'clock. 24 hours a day for three minutes when things get bad. You can turn to channel 3. Now, that means you can be on your FRS, your CB radio, or your um, GMRS radio, because they all have channel 3. Anything that goes by channel, you would turn to channel 3 and listen. Top of the hour, 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 3 minutes. Don't be late. So that kind of covers the family radios, GMRS, general monitoring radio systems. Uh, there's uh, uh, other kinds of things on this list that we'll get into later. Some of it's marine band. Some of it is business band. Uh, lots of marine channels are on this list. But the most important one, if you go clear on down to to 86 on the list. Number 86 is weather. There's weather band 1 through 7. So it goes from 86 to 92. You can plug in in your memories. 
you have your radio band. Now, what radio do I happen to be talking about? There are two kinds of ham radios that will um, make this work. Uh, one, well, I should say, um, you can get a general coverage receiver only, like the Sanjian 909, and we've been helping people get hooked up to make phone call to DX Engineering that sells it. And uh, you can get, and if you can get on the Internet, you can probably find something like this on eBay a little bit cheaper, but probably have to pay for shipping, so it might end up being the same cost. DX Engineering's got a phone call. You can call them and make an order and get you uh, a radio that will be programmable. And that's why these frequencies and this list was put together with uh, this uh, frequency channel list. And, and the reason why it was put together was specifically for a radio that could be programmed to hold 99 frequencies. The um, radio that I happen to be talking about can be acquired from them, and it can be found on eBay for like, get this, about 40 bucks. Now, it's a little handheld radio, little, little handheld radio, okay? So it's like half a watt output. You're, you're going to be able to talk on it uh, if you wanted, but you got to be careful not to get on one that's because there's police bands that you wouldn't want to program in, but you can. Uh, you may want to pl plug in your local police bands, and we're going to be getting into how to do that. But this, this radio that I happen to be talking about is only 5 watts, and it's $39. You can find it on uh, Amazon. And this is a, a good starter for getting a whole bunch of stuff in your area to hear. You can listen to all kinds of stuff, okay? And when you've got these, you just have to enter the, you know, the memory number and then the frequency, and then you hit enter, and then you put the next one into number two, and you just go down through this list. Now, remember, this radio I'm going to be telling you about for $39 or 40 bucks. It is a transceiver. You can transmit on it, but you have to be real careful to be on something like the family radio or something like that, that frequency. I'm going to spell it to you, for you. Um, and the reason I'm even talking about it is because it's kind of been one kicked around in the ham community, prepper community too, as a decent buy. And I haven't had one myself, so I don't know if it's going to poop out or not. But let me spell you the brand because it's not American. It's B-A-O-F-E-N-G. Beofen, Beofing or something like that. B is in boy. A-O-F. E N as in Nancy G. The mod that's the company. The model is B F as in boy B F dash F eight plus. 
you got to get all of those because there's several kinds, and this is the one you want. BF-F8 with a plus sign. Sometimes they write out plus, but most of the time they say plus. If you do a search on Amazon, you're going to find it. If you need help, call us. We'll get this ordered for you. We'll help you get it ordered. Because Amazon doesn't have phone number to call and make orders. They're kind of crappy in that area. And then you can get this little radio and program this programming file uh, that here we put together. And it's going to give you FRS frequencies, general frequencies, PMR, MERS, which is uh, uh, a, a kind of a hand band type thing. Uh, business, you know what marine is. Marines for people to talk on. You know, it's a frequency for boat navigation. Uh, weather frequencies, SARS, some general ham frequencies, and VHF and UHF. So. This will be kind of a, a nice little general, easy-to-tote-around um, radio that you can just that you can use. It is not going to pick up your shortwave signals from a strategic group of people. Let's say you're going to be wanting to hear the Waterman's um, disaster broadcast on shortwave radio. Well, you won't be able to pick it up on this, but you're going to get lots of other stuff, okay? Mostly local, which might be very important for you. More than likely, you're going to hear some preppers on that radio, okay? Especially if you follow this plan. So let's go to the next document. This one is the Frequency Channel List number two. Let me go in here and check uh, the chat room, make sure. Okay, let's see here. Um, okay, if you've got any questions, go ahead and put them in the chat. That'll be great. I'll, uh, I'll be glad to do that. And, uh, you know, I can open up some of the phone calls if they have questions. <laughs> Uh, you can put yourself in queue, and I can't remember what number that is, but you can get that number and then hit pound, and it'll put you up in a queue, and I'll know to open up your line to talk so you can ask a question. I have a caller here on the uh, chat from North Texas, so I might open it and ask you, and if you don't want to talk, then don't. But <laughs> All right. The uh, link in the in the chat. Let me go look and see. Uh, somebody apparently has located. Yes, that's it. Uh, the B A O F E N G F eight plus two. The only letters that are missing are the B F, but I don't know if that's that big a deal or not. This should be, if you look down in the statistics, it should be a 5-watt radio. I mean, down in the in technical details. Uh, this is an Amazon one. Amazon drives me crazy because there's so much delay on my computer to get them to scroll because they're data mining you or something. I don't know. They've got so much they're tracking. They, you know. So anyway, 
I'm used to being able to scroll down at least on eBay and uh, getting, oh, here we go, let's see, specifications. <laughs> it says one warlike talkie for sale. I don't know if it's new. Don't get it, folks, if it's if it's not new, okay? It's got to be, it's got to be new. So just make sure it's a, it's a new one. And um, that'd be great. Okay, but that's the one. You sure enough, that's the one right there. And uh, what's going on with it uh, is it's programmable, and it's easily programmable for all these frequencies that I just told you about that you can look up and get on uh, the... Um, uh, uh, to get on the, uh, gosh, uh, the uh, in, put into that uh, radio. Let me put up another link for you about this, uh, talking about this radio. And it's from a prepper group talking about communications. And uh, this is where I got some of this information. Uh, it says, turn your Bayfing walkie-talkie into a super SHTF survival radio by programming ham, FRS, PMR, GMRS, uh, marine weather, business, blah, 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 channels into it. It says the secret is in this free programming file he uh, I, I already uploaded for you. Uh, when disaster hits, you won't need to worry about what is best for emergency because you can talk to anyone. What he means by that is, in an emergency, you don't have to have a license to talk on any channel. If you need help, let's say uh, you got in a tornado or you're in a flood and you need help, you can get on any channel and, and, and say, um, I need help, I need help. Don't make any difference. You can have your radio ready. Uh, this is, uh, it says, the uh, they're calling it the survival channels uh, that you can put in are 99 frequencies. And in an emergency, you might need to communicate w with others. You might want to modify it. If you're close to the coast, you might want you know to keep the marine frequencies. If you're not even close to there, you might want to keep a couple, but you might not want as many frequencies for marine. You might want some special frequencies for your local prepper groups. The frequency file is for programming uh, this radio. It says it turns your radio into a disaster preparedness and emergency communications radio. And I think it was a good idea. And so I have downloaded that list and made it a PDF file. It was kind of hard. They didn't have one that was working right. But anyway, it's uh, talking about these uh, being used by preppers. And you're going to have your weather channel and all kinds of other stuff. It says the original source of the article was Radio Master Reports Blog. And it says many small, inexpensive, handy talkies, or HTs, like this radio, this Baofin, ba are sold without suitable default programming. So to use those radios as well as similar ham radios, it's necessary to either program them manually using the keypad or use software to load them up. But this one is really easy to use. It is. It's real simple. So there you go. And uh, there's other things you can do with it. Um, 
Uh, again, general mobile radio service. It's a local frequency like family, but it is a, a little bit more, it's stronger. I'll just say that than family radio. Now, you can go up to 50 watts with uh, GMRS. Um, that's uh, pretty good. On a family radio, though, you're only li limited to half a watt of output. That's why you can only go a mile. <laughs> so if you're going to get one, you might as well get GMRS. Or you can skip that. You can skip getting a, a family radio. You can skip, skip finding one of those the hunters use called GMRS radios. And you can get this one. Now, you can even program in some FM ham frequencies, ham radio frequencies, on this to listen to. But that's not the high-frequency shortwave radio frequencies that you'll want to hear the news nationwide from. So this is just basically a very simple um, chart and uh, uh, a radio, I mean, that gives you some inexpensive, decent uh, communications ability. I think I, I think it's I think it's worth the money. What you're going to get, I mean, that's really a pretty good deal. And you can't beat. Uh, there's another one on eBay. Uh, looks like, uh, yeah. Let's see here, folks. Um, got another one popped up. Well, there it is. The BF-F8 Plus dual band radio. New, new. It says new condition. I guess that means it's new. Well, anyway, twenty-four ninety-nine and uh, seven bucks for shipping. And uh, you, there's just, and you're going to get a little earpiece with that. Uh, get it. If you don't have anything, get that. Now, what do you do for shortwave? What are we talking about when I talk about shortwave? Well, we're going to get to that. That's why this is kind of uh, lengthy. Uh, communication talk is, you know, it takes a little bit of uh, preparation and, and understanding how to. But this, this is a, a really good approach to it. Now, let's go back to the documents that I've put up for you. Um, the next document that we're going to talk about um, was put together by Prepper and Survival Frequency Groups um, using, again, pretty much the, the uh, same frequencies, only in an abbreviated way. So it's called Frequency Channel List Number 2. So if you uh, want to look at that, and you can listen to this broadcast later while you look at it when you get it uh, downloaded or printed or whatever you're going to do. There is a section on it that you can expand and make bigger and make it a wallet size uh, abbreviated uh, frequency uh, channel guide. Why is that important? See, folks, you can, if you don't have a CB radio, some radios let you 
tune in and use CB frequencies. But do you know what channel 3 is? Well, not very many people know what frequency it is. They know it's channel 3, but what's the frequency, right? For example, CB radio frequency is 26985, 26.985 on a programmable radio. In other words, like this one, only you've got to have the capacity to program or listen to that frequency. If you can put it in and it's a transmitter type like this inexpensive handheld radio, very small radio, by the way, uh, no, it doesn't do 50 watts. Even though that frequency on GMRS allows you to do 50 watts, that radio isn't going to do that. Um, so it has the CB AM, single sideband frequency, and freeband. Now, what in the world is CB freeband? I thought all CB was free. It is. But there was a culture that developed on CB radio that got certain groups of people away from all the filthy language and trucker talk and trash talk and and uh, people that were morons. I want to hear all that stuff. And they created their own culture on um, basically frequency in between some of the CB frequencies. And to get between the CB frequencies, you have to have a CB radio that has single sideband, as they call it, SSB. And there's upper and lower sideband. And so the freeband frequencies is where probably the crowd you're wanting to talk to are at. Okay, And so it's there. What's those frequencies? Well, one of the CB freeband frequencies is 27.368 upper sideband. 27.368 upper sideband. Another group is 27.378 upper sideband. One more, 27.425. All right, that's what's uh, one of the things that's on this sheet. It's not the only thing. It describes basically, this sheet describes the 333 radio plan. That is when and where and how to make a radio contact. Uh, it was designed for the day it hits the fan when normal methods of communications have failed and there are some other versions of the 333 plan. There's by survivalist preppers, emergency communication groups. It's, on, it's based on an easy-to-remember rule of threes, 333. It's um, top of the hour every three hours for three minutes on Channel 3. Well you don't have a channel 3, more than likely you're going to have a frequency or know of a frequency to go to. And that's why we're on the radio now talking about this. So we, you and I, can start the Ground Crews Emergency Frequency Network. And you're going to have to make some notes to know when that is. I'm just 
doing the general stuff for you. So here's how it works, and here's how it will work for us. Um, we're going to do this same thing every three hours, every, uh, 24 hours a day. Best, of course, then to keep a clock handy and to keep that clock out of, you know, uh, EMP, shield it from EMPs so that you can get it out and know what time it is. And uh, make sure you've got some good battery life for your radio if you're going to use a digital one. If you have a wind-up kind, uh, it's easy for it to be three minutes off. Easy. And you might miss the broadcast. So if you have a wind-up and you're counting on using the wind-up, you might want to be about five minutes early <laughs> to listen. Um, but the key here was at least it gives you a chance to uh, to hear something within every three hours. And if you're on foot, they say you can walk eight miles in three hours. And uh, so that's why they've picked every three hours. I thought that was a good idea. So here's a little chart you can cut up and pay, uh, uh, put together. The next thing that uh, you see in there, of course, is the radio monitoring how-to guide that we were really uh, talking about earlier on the last time. But the one below that um, is called the um, um, standard um, uh, standard amateur radio prepper communications plan. Let me read it to you. In the event of a nationwide catastrophic disaster, a nationwide network of amateur radio preppers will need to have established a standardized meeting frequency. That's to share information, coordinate activities between various prepper groups. The standardized radio communication plan was established to determine a set of frequencies on 80 meter, 40 meter, 20 meter, and 2 meter. If you don't know what those frequencies for those are, you go back to the chart and you look at 80 meter and you'll see the frequencies. But anyway, preppers are encouraged to monitor conventional amateur radio and non-amateur frequencies for information, including national traffic systems, ARIES. Now, ARIES slash RACES is an emergency uh, ham network. And they're HF. That means high-frequency shortwave radio. And another one is global centers of activity, they call them. And then the local, which is what that little radio was I told you about, is UHF and VHF um, frequencies. They're great. Now, of course, CB Radio Channel 19 is, is supposed to be where everybody meets. Uh, you hear <laughs> Channel 19 supposed to be an emergency frequency. But anyway, routine prepper communications will not be held on these frequencies. But preppers are encouraged to use that fre these frequencies in order to coordinate uh, a meeting and then move off, okay? 
So you get in contact with somebody, and then to get all the scoop, you move to a different frequency. So let's say you and I, we meet on channel three. If we want to be more secret, we have a prearranged frequency to go to. We might already go up one or down two or, okay, it's time to go to our frequency. So you plug it in and you talk. On this sheet, you will see the frequencies to meet on within the 80, 40, 20, and 2 meter and CB radio, okay? So here's your frequencies, guys, and that's where we're going to start. In the meantime, I'm going to be working up a, a document to spread to all of our ground crew people so that we can have our a meeting here on these frequencies, then we will move. And I'll tell you where we will move to. We will be here on these frequencies. Now, here's something important for you to know. That Bafin radio will cover half of this list. Starting halfway down through this document, you will see in that document uh, on the standardized frequency modes under that category, you'll see that little bitty radio covers half these frequencies, a 2 meter, 440. Uh, you can even listen to CB and MERS on that radio. But you're not going to be able to pick up the 80, 40, and 20 meter. That's the long range stuff. So if you're wanting to hear... From If you're in California, you want to hear the news from uh, the Ozarks uh, from deep inside the castle, you won't hear it on that little short, uh, little handheld uh, receiver and transmitter that you've got uh, That for $25. It's worth having, though. You're going to have to get you a Sajin, Sanjian, excuse me. <laughs> wow. Sanjian radio or a Grundig radio. And the Sanjian 909 and the Sanjian step down from that is okay, but Sanjian 909 is like, well, it's used by lots of serious ham radio guys as a, as a receiver since it's so good. It's that good. And they'll set it up in their radio shack and use it to receive because it's so, such a good radio. And uh, you can get that also from DX Engineering on the phone. So you have to have a shortwave listening radio to pick up 80, 40, and uh, 20 meters. Now, when if you do happen to get on uh, some of these frequencies, uh, they're still decent, adequate. What do you do? How do you talk? Well, don't be afraid to talk if you're in an emergency. That's the main thing. Just break in and say, I need help. Break. Help me. Help. Help. They're going to ask who you are. You say, I am so-and-so. I'm at such-and-such. I have this problem. I need help. Can you get me help? I'm here. I don't have any other way. to. That's what you do Okay, when you're in an emergency. The ability... And the legal right for you to talk in an emergency is not needing to have a license. You can have a radio and not need the license. And if you have an emergency, you can talk. So don't worry. If you have a license and you're coordinating stuff, but you're not the one having, a, uh, of course, the, the emergency, the best thing you can do is you start off by giving your call sign. Uh, you might say, 
I can still remember the call signs that were given when I was 12 years old and went to my first, um, what they call, uh, not ham fest, but uh, field day. Ham radio people have annual field days in the summer and they go to tents and they set up antennas in the field and they stay up all night getting on their radios and it is a good place for people that aren't acquainted with radios to to do it and by the way that's coming up so you might want to check out a field day in your area or if you don't know how to check it out call me contact us we'll we'll get in touch with you and help you locate who's doing field day. And these hams are wanting to help you. They're always going to try and talk you into getting a license, but that's secondary, important in an emergency. It's not even worth getting or worried about. But if you do have one, of course, you give your call sign, you give your location and state you're at, and you're maintaining a listening watch on this frequency for preppers, or you're say stuff like this frequency is seeking information and looking forward to that kind of information. Now, uh, has that ever happened to me? Yes. I happen to be in uh, Oklahoma uh, visiting, and I had my um, radios all going and everything, and I heard that there was a tornado on the way, and I heard the weather spotters, the guys on the ham on the ground were spotting uh, tornadoes way out. Pretty soon I heard that it hit the edge of a farm and knocked out a, a barn that was still on the ground and that it was huge. Then all of a sudden the guy said, oh, my God, it just went through a neighborhood. And so that's about the time I said, hey, guy, I think it's on the way here. And sure enough, it was. And uh, we hopped in our vehicles. I had a four-wheel drive at the time, and I said, I'm going to go help. I ended up at a a site that was uh, in in Oklahoma City that was um, hit by a tornado, more Oklahoma. It happened to be, and still is, was the world's largest, most powerful and damaging tornado disaster in America. It was on the ground for eight hours. Can you believe it? It was on the ground for eight hours. It went on the ground for 88 miles. It was um, quite amazing, really. Pretty, pretty uh, bizarre. And uh, so what I did was, uh, being a ham radio operator, I got on, I found a radio tower that was for ham radio people. Ham radio people have clubs, and they put up these repeaters so they can talk to each other, and it makes their little handheld radios, like we've been talking about, reach further. So if you want to talk further, you can re- you know reach out, for, uh, and everybody just pools their money together so that they can use these networks, as they call them. Oftentimes, you'll hear them going to work, coming home, talking on the repeater, and they get to know each other, and they have, you know, potlucks and stuff. But anyway, I found the frequency, and there's a little book for it, but that's not important. I looked it up, and I said, this is so-and-so, and and I gave my call sign. And I said, I am commandeering this repeater 
for an emergency. Do not chat and please move. And I took it over. I also made a call for a ham radio operator to show up at my location, which happened to be at a Baptist church across the street from the disaster. It was so bizarre. The side the church was on was a big church, great big church. The side the church was on only had one brick fell out of one of the signs. The sign out in the yard, which was about 100 yards out in front, it had a lot of property. The sign was a little twisted, but the neighborhood across the street was completely gone. There weren't bathtubs. There were no cars. There were no houses. It looked, folks, like a nuke had gone off in that. And it went on. I mean, you could just get out there and look, and it was just miles. There was no homes. It was one of the most surreal uh, things to experience I've ever experienced. There's no people either. So I knew what we were going to be facing. And I uh, happened to be the very first. When I was in my car, there was a cop going down the freeway. I was headed the same direction. I was. Uh, he took off this ramp. And I said, well, that's where I'm going. He got down to the bottom. I was right behind him, and he, he saw me. So you know what he did? You know what this idiot did? you got to get ready for these kind of guys. He stops, turns on his lights. He didn't have uh, uh, any intention, I think, of stopping. But when he saw me, he stopped. And he actually flung his door open. He left it open. I go, why is he, what's he doing? I was getting ready to go around. He came over to me. He says, you can't come down here. I said, oh, yes, I can. And so I showed him an ID. And I said, I'm here to establish emergency communication. He says, well, come on. So, you know, you kind of have to act like you're ready to, you know, <laughs> do something. And sometimes these, uh, uh, I've, I've, we'll talk about this some other time, but a group of us had some UN IDs once, even had stuff on our vehicles. It was bizarre. It got us through all kinds of stuff. But anyway, we got in, I got in there, and so I had this man that, responded from that club he came out and he began to run uh this radio and now what were we doing with the radio what we were doing was making calls to on the radio to phones to people that had phones in other words another ham radio guy would make a phone call for us because we had no phones and uh, so finally the police came and they said, can we help you guys? And we were at one end of this huge church in a room upstairs. I guess they had classes there. And we were up on the second floor facing this disaster area with big windows. And we had antennas hanging out. We made a big sign that said missing persons center. And they asked us if we needed anything. I said, yes, we need a phone. So they went and got telephone wire and rolled it for a mile and ran it up into the yard, up the steps, and into our room and plopped this telephone on our table. We started getting phone calls from Pizza Hut. <laughs> Apparently, they commandeered a private business's phone number and put it on our table. And people were calling for pizza because, you know, there was a disaster and they had no way to cook. And so everybody was in the hotels that were okay and they were ordering pizza. Well, we weren't a pizza place, obviously. So anyway, 
We commandeered the radio tower to set up communications. We managed to, of course, establish... Uh, we got AT&T to come out and establish a bank of phones temporarily in the parking lot for people that had got caught. We had on our list a list of over 500 people missing from this area. And I got into a fight with Red Cross's national director shows up, and he tried stealing our list, and I told him it wasn't his, and he wasn't going to get it. He said, well, they think... They we think it's the red they think it's the Red Cross operating this. I said, Well it ain't that's their problem, that's your problem, it's not our problem. And so he came over and they had the T V cameras and the it took the pastor of this large church to run off the cameras. He told the Red Cross director, national director, the Red Cross flew in. He told the national director to leave the property. By the way, he also he also told the guy by the name of Larry uh, something uh, that was there uh, for feed the children. He told he had to tell him to leave. Um, so we kicked out the Red Cross. We kicked out feed the children because of corruption, and we can get into that some other time. But there were people that could have gotten on that radio and operated because. They don't have to have a license. Now, we had, and I was coordinating sick people. We had nurses showing up. They were asking me what to do, and I told them, and I said, well, then they came after me. You know, They said, hey, you're not licensed in this state. And I said, so? <laughs> Sue me, basically. I got into a big fight with them, and nothing ever came of it. So anyway, folks, one of the things that you have to remember is bizarre Pen don't it's just it's it's horribly uncontrolled. Everybody's looking for some source of information. They were lined up. They would up the steps, out our door in this room, down the steps and outside lined up to find their people, to find out if we knew where their missing relatives were. They after the tornado, of course, there were people that started walking out of the debris because they had underground uh, bunkers, and some were quite okay. Many were uh, very sick. Uh, so here's what I wanted to also mention: make sure that your communications can be secure. Put them in an area that, if it happens to be a disaster, that's <laughs> going to wipe out. That if you're going to have one in, you know. Upstairs, that you have some backups of wherever you're going to go to protect yourself. If it's a storm cellar or basement or whatever, make sure they go with you or they are already there. Okay. Also, if you happen to be diabetic, make sure you have some diabetic supplies ready to be used in those areas so that you don't get caught walking like we had zombies all over these wrecked areas where we had to have nurses starting to give their best guess shot. We'd test, we'd test them, but you had to give them some shot of something, you know, because they were going into shock. So one of the things to remember, disaster hits, don't worry about a license. Don't worry about it. Okay, I've been told that we're having trouble being heard. I hope uh, hope you can still hear me. I don't know. Can you still hear me or, or am I gone? 
might be. Okay, well, anyway, I'll be recording this, so we'll continue. Your communication plan, I will be happy to work with you on. Just let me know. I will help you get the kind of radios you will need. I will help you understand what frequencies we will be on here. Thank you. Uh, the chat just told me, one of our people, Inner Sphere, just told us we're okay. Um, and no, today's not the last day of this. We're going to be doing another one. And we're going to be going over those frequencies. But these frequencies are where we're starting. This is the plan we're going to be using. And uh, this will help you kind of understand how we're going to start by operating on the 333 plan. But we're going to give you some frequencies also. If you have your CB, fine. You're not going to hear me because CB won't reach that far if you're like in California, Texas, New York, wherever. Um, so I'm going to be going on H. F or uh, shortwave. And uh, I'm going to give you frequencies for you to be tuned into. There is some uh, uh, catastrophe networks and American Preparedness Radio Networks. They call them TAPRNs. They're kind of a community of people. It's not a government subsidized thing whatsoever just a bunch of people that have gotten together to said, hey, you know, if we're prepping, let's let's get some kind of disaster communications plan together. But the plan will not, cannot work if it's not, you know, publicized. So that's what we're doing here is trying to figure this out. Let me give you some more frequencies. Here are some other frequencies for the American Preparedness Radio Network. And uh, guys... I'm going to be putting this in the chat if you want to make a Word document of it or something, let me know, and I'll put it up on the Waterman files for everybody to download. But here are the American uh, Preparedness Radio Network Emergency Frequencies that we're going to be using. And uh, so let me go over those now. In the 80-meter band, we will be on 3.818. That's one of them that we will be starting on until further notice. That's it. 40-meter. Let me give you the frequency. By the way, it's 3.818 megahertz, lower sideband. And we'll be on the 3.3.3 plan, or 3.3, meaning every three hours. 40-meter will be at 7.242, 7.242 megahertz, lower sideband. Now, um, there's going to be a Morse code one, but probably nobody knows it, so I'm skipping that one. There's a 20-meter frequency, and that's 14.242 megahertz, and that's upper sideband. And those are the shortwave frequencies that we, uh, I plan on operating on. If they get crowded um, before, I mean, if something happens before the next time I'm giving you the radio update on tomorrow, uh, well, we're going to meet this frequency and I'll give you something. But we've got a lot to cover in order to make sure we continue our communications. Now, of course, 
If you get this little radio that I'm talking about, you can go to two meters and you can get on the 146.420 and get information. Or you can go to 446.20. And of course, uh, family radios, it says here of channel four, but I'd go to channel three. And I would also go to channel three on uh, CB radio. If you've got one, and I would get one. So, you know, if you got this little handheld, uh, this would be great. If you got you a CB radio, that'd be great. And then if you got you a shortwave listening radio, uh, I think you'd be all set. Okay? That's how it would work. At least the CB radio and that little handheld would give you an opportunity to try and reach somebody by talking on it. Now, if you want to get... Um, a full-blown all all the frequencies that you need in one box, it'll cost you about $800, $900, okay? If you want to do that, let me know. I'll help you find that radio. It's a Yezu 857D. So um, that's one of the better radios for this kind of, of, of work. So that kind of wraps it up. We've got about 30 minutes left, and I don't know if there's any any questions, but I am going to open up the call-in line and uh, ask a question. Now, you might hear me, North Texas, but I've opened up your line if you want to ask a question, if you're on the phone. Can you hear me, North Texas? Nobody's saying anything. I think I know who it is, but uh, I'll close up the line. They probably don't want to talk. That's okay. I'll close it back up. Anybody in the chat want to give me a call? You can do that by going to the... uh, Oh, update on Jade Helm. Yeah, we have been behind the scenes talking and... um, I'm getting more concerned about Jade Helm. Um, I took a video, and I actually counted vehicles. It was kind of tedious. I didn't count them individually. I took, like, you know, how many's in this row, and I took that number, and I took it times however many rows there were, that kind of thing. In California alone, in one area... One area. Now, it might be they're always there. Okay, I don't know. We're 15,000 vehicles. Quite a bit, huh? And we're getting more and more reports of, uh, you know, Jade Helm changing its name. Colorado said, no, you're not going to have Jade Helm in Colorado so now they've got another operation going that they're going to be putting striker units on the highways, but they're not calling it Jade Helm, and it's uh, being called something else. Kind of a legal way of saying, well, we did. We, we backed out of Jade Helm, but now we're calling it, you know, Jade Green or, you know, whatever they want to call it. But they're still going to be doing something in Colorado. And I think that's uh, kind of kind of like a gypsy. You got to watch them. You know what I mean, don't you? 
anyway, we still are concerned. Uh, they've uh, all the alternative uh, progressive websites, you know, the dialectic, you know, the the conservatives and the liberals, and then the real, real liberals, which are called progressives, and the real, real radicals, which are called uh, neocons, is another word for Zionists. Um, the like uh, op-ed news is telling us that uh, they interviewed the uh, Colorado state representative. No, the Texas state representative interviewed him. I saw the interview. And he's quite disturbed that they have called in this operation, Texas is a bad guy, their enemy. Utah is also enemy, and Southern California is enemy. And he says, for the mere fact that the military picks our own states and calls them enemy territory is outrageous. And of course, the liberals are going, well, what do you care? Well, the liberals should be concerned too. I just don't get it. But, you know, that's the way it is. They want to create fiction. And you're the ping pong ball between the left bumper and the right bumper and the pinball machine, right? There's no third option, and that's to break the glass and hop out of the machine. You know, <laughs> the the point I'm getting at is uh, there's things that look con- very concerning. They don't want to answer. I would love to know. Not okay. Yes, it's a military thing. I don't want to know who's in charge. Well, I do, but I want to know who thought this plan up. I want to know where it originated. I want to know who thought it up. Who introduced this idea? Well, we military guys at the top decide, no, I want a name. And I want to know if it had anything to do with Homeland Security's suggestion. Did they outline the whole thing? How much involvement does Homeland Security have? Well, they don't have anything to do with this. This is a military thing. Oh, yeah, right. So Homeland Security is totally silent on an abusive operation to invade public venue with military, even for training. That's stupid. By the way, the striker units that we're talking about is a type of vehicle. Uh, They have replaced these. uh, They've taken the striker in Colorado out of Fort Carson, which is, I think, Colorado Springs. Uh, One unit that has... It's going to be going into operation real soon. It's not wait until this uh, time frame of September. They're going to be doing it this summer, real soon, maybe in a week or two or something. And they renamed it. They don't call it Jade Helm. The striker units. A striker is a is a term for kind of a vehicle, and it's replaced what they said was a different kind of warfare where there were tanks that were slow. M1 Abrams tanks, they said, were too slow. Now, M1 Abrams tanks can go 50 miles an hour, okay? <laughs> on the, You get them out there on the sand, and they'll go 50 miles an hour. I don't call that slow. But anyway, what they said was these fighting vehicles were made for the street. They were made for highways and roads. Now, that bothers me. It really does. 
because they te- keep talking about all these bad guys running around in ragheads called Muslims out in the desert, where most of those guys' roads are not concrete, and that's the kind of road they designed these vehicles for, were concrete and asphalt highways and streets. So this entire striker unit has equipment designed for, guess what? Urban, suburban, American type of setting where there's streets everywhere that are all paved. Now that's bothering me. Another thing that I mentioned uh, off air with some discussion with some folks is that, you know, a lot of people say, well, it might just be redeployment and bringing back equipment from there. And, you know, that, well, I know what that color looks like. It's kind of this uh, sandy tan uh, and uh, beige colored camouflage pattern that's on all the Humvees and tanks and everything. Yeah, there's some of those out there. You see pictures of them. People say these are Jade Helm operations. But the larger, bigger deployment of uh, Humvees, troop carriers, trucks, and even tanks without their barrels on it because the turret's there, and some unidentifiable vehicles that are covered with a white canvas. So you And they're kind of tall. They're kind of high. You can't tell what kind of vehicle they are. They look like there's some kind of new technology. Um, what I'm guessing, I don't want you to see what it is. But all those vehicles are green. That olive drab green. Brand new, spanking new, green. Now, there are some, of course, like I said, that were this light tan desert color. Uh, those have been seen mostly on rail cars. I'd like to think, yeah, they're bringing them back from the Mideast and we're getting out of that mess. But who knows? They looked awful new, though. Usually those come in with their tracks all... You can tell a used tank from a non-used tank, and these all look brand new. That's what I'm saying. So the sheer number and the amount of equipment that appears to be getting deployed for Jade Helm is just incredible. Here's something that we might want to talk about. Are they expecting to have to um, take over by declaring martial law in California and possibly even Texas saying there's a water problem? Could they force that to happen? Well, yeah, they could declare martial law anytime they want, but they have to have a reason Apparently, it's less than a year out when they're going to run out of water. And if they think that, let me ask you a question. If a government thinks you're going to be running out of water in a year, wouldn't you say, we're going to have to do something with you folks and warn them and give them a year's notice, move, or we're going to move you? You know, then all the geopolitical trauma comes and all the fighting starts and you know, they have to engage. And so, the you know what? The politicians don't want to engage in that discussion. They just want to kick their rear ends out of that area. If they want to martial law them out, they will. They don't want to do any work. For God's sake, that would be horrible, having a politician have to do some work. So what I think they wouldn't do, even if they planned on using the water as an excuse to 
run people out of California, they're not going to tell them much ahead of time. In fact, they might even be deploying these vehicles in these regions to say, surprise, we're going to call martial law and get your butts out of here because we've run out of water. Or you have. And then as soon as they get them out of the way, they're going to say, hello, China. We have some nice, wonderful real estate to trade you for all this debt that we owe you. Well, who's giving them this land? It's not we, the people. It's the banks. It's the banks that are in debt. And how did we let them talk us into holding their debt? See, the banks is a problem because... It's the only business that when they make a profit, they put it in their pocket. But when they go broke, we, the people, pay the bill. How in the hell did they talk us into that kind of a business? I don't get it. So anyway, I wouldn't be a bit surprised they marshal all everybody out of the area and pay off their debt by giving them American soil. You know what? They put if they if they try that, it will be a revolution. There will be a revolution. There's just no two ways about it. And uh I think whenever there's been a revolution that I know about, like in Romania, the tanks were rolled into the capital city of Romania, Bucharest. The people were, you know, restless. They had to calm this group of people. Oh, we had to, they had to bring in the tanks and be oppressive, rolled them into Bucharest, you know, when they had uh, military snipers in big high-rise apartments in the downtown area of Bucharest, and didn't quite go like the oppressors were expecting, though, because about half of the guys in tanks knew enough about the guys around them to know which ones were pro-communist and which ones were pro-freedom. And the guys that were pro-freedom took the opportunity to turn the barrel of their tank around and blow up the tank sitting next to them 20 foot away. And they were blowing tanks off the street within the military. The military started fire. Of course, they caught the bad guys off guard. And they were blowing the crap out of them. With the military was doing it to their own guys. Why? Because they knew in the military who was supporting the oppressive regime, and they said, we're just going to get rid of them. So they had that plan. They rolled into Bucharest, and all hell broke loose. And that's what it takes. The military has to come to the rescue of the people, but they have to tell the people what their goal is. Now, there's a Big meeting happening next Wednesday. Um, conference call. And I'm not sure that it's going to get anything done. Um, I'm going to hear it. I'm not part of the group, but I'm going to hear it 
the thing that they're talking about may not work. Um, you know, if you rescued the American people and you were, and this is what they're telling them, we're going to bring it back to the articles. Now, that's the first ten articles are the Bill of Rights, okay, of the Constitution. We're just going to back everything up. There's going to be a lot of complaints. Well, I can't vote now because the 18-year-olds can't vote. No, I can't vote because I'm a woman and I can't, you know, and all this stuff starts whining and happening. Well, you wouldn't ever. It's not going to work because too many people are brainwashed into thinking their freedoms lie in something called a lie, They that their freedoms are in a lie, that their freedoms exist within the lies that they've been taught. So to say we're going back to start, you know, the starting point, they'd scare them to death. They wouldn't get the support. You have to get, you know, what happens is you have to have a direction to go and the people have to know what you're doing, that they're being freed. And too many people would think the military, because the media, of course, would be blabbing otherwise, uh, that would scare them. They would scare them. They wouldn't have a clue because they don't get it. They think they're free. People still think that this collapse in 2008 was, oh, it's just the way it goes. You know, they just went past what they could do. It was manufactured, folks. It was deliberate. Now we've got all these banks being uh, paying fines in the billions of dollars because they got caught manipulating the currency from 2007 to 2013 for six years. That went on. And all they're going to get is a, ha- a slap on the hand. You know, it's like going and telling the, like I've told you before, it's like telling the janitor at a big university that has a big warehouse full of toilet paper, we're going to fine you. We need a thousand rolls of toilet paper. Well, he just goes over to the room, unlocks it, gets a little cart, starts hauling out toilet paper, no sweat off his back. He's not going to jail. He's just paying toilet paper from the toilet paper maker. And that's all the Federal Reserve is going to do. They're just going to push the button and out comes some dollars. And so what? Are we supposed to think those banks won't get that money taken care of by the Federal Reserve that prints the money? Oh, no, Doc. They're not going to do that because we're going to watch them. Yeah, right. They tried to, you know, Ron Ball tried to get an audit of the Federal Reserve. Guess what happened to that? The best thing that can happen to this country is that Jade Helm actually tries to take over this country. That's kind of hard to say, isn't it? Either way, whether it's by 
Jade Helm or the economy, it's going to get bad. Just be ready. Get your communications going. Get your food going. Stock up. Get things you use on a regular basis. And if Cliff High's predictions now about the banks, which he just made, and you heard get fulfilled today, continues one after another with the ground opening up and the weather being a problem. I'm in the south where it's supposed to be hot. And here it is, late May. And we're cold at night. Been cold today. Long sleeves inside the house that I would have to be careful about keeping warm this time of year. To get you a perspective, um, planting season in Chicago is six weeks behind our area. So we're a month and a half ahead of Chicago, maybe even a little bit more, but about that. And uh, so that means it's supposed to be hot here. And it's not. Things are just wacky. And so be prepared. Now they're going to be trying to tell you that, you know, global warming is not two degrees or two uh, Celsius centigrade uh, uh, higher. It's actually going to be four. It's worse than you think. Uh, uh, they're constantly trying to take us, take our money, take our wealth, take our freedom, take our liberty. It's a takeover. Remember, the web bot said things are going to get so bad that by fall, the government is going to say, we've had it with all you people. And we're taking over everything. And here's what they said in the web bot that they want to do. They will take over the complete control of selling anything. Anything. Sell of any, even if it's not registered, you know, if it's not a commodity that needs to have a license to sell and blah, blah, blah. That they will take control of the sale and the buying of everything. Does that sound apocalyptic in time? Revelation, ring a bell, ding, ding, mark, or anything like that? Yeah, it does. And it might be on the way. I'm not really afraid of Jade Helm at all. Uh, and like I said, in a certain respect, I kind of hope it happens. But seeing how you have to have a population wanting in order to get liberty, I doubt that anything would work. Now, they were oppressed in Romania. They wanted liberty, and there was fear in the minds of the people that taking out the, the people in charge was going to be better, period, no matter what. But in this country, there is the possibility that if you say you're going to take out the leadership of the country and restart, there's going to be people going, oh, I don't really see it that way. It's like they talk about, well, you know, Putin was a communist. Well, so was everybody else in that country that wanted to live. 
Well, he was KGB. Well, everybody had a government job back then. Hey, I've got a video of Putin at the beginning of his political career going to one of these oligarchs that had taken over during the Yeltsin years where they were actually a Jewish oligarch during the Bolshevik communist years. And then when that fell, they just changed hats and called themselves something else, like a businessman. But they were still a Jewish oligarch. And they were running this one company. I have a video. In fact, I think I'll put it up. Of him walking into this factory, this this manufacturing place, sitting down in front of a board of about 15 to 20 men, calling out this bill, billionaire, billionaire that runs it, and said, you're a disgrace. And basically, he said, I've come in here and there's cockroaches everywhere, and the thousands of people that you employ are in atrocious conditions. You either fix these problems or I'm going to re start this business without you. Now, a lot of people would think Putin's got too many heavy-handed ideas, and that's not how you treat a republic. <laughs> Folks, you got to remember who you're talking to. You're talking to oligarchs that muscle their way into places. Sometimes you have to muscle them out. And he said, have you signed the agreement that I sent? And he hadn't signed it. And so he said, get over here. And he's talking to this oligarch. Guy gets up from this boardroom very, you know, reluctantly, didn't want to do it. He goes over and he looks at this thing and he flips over the thing and he acts like he's reading. And he, you could tell he just gave up. It didn't make any difference. He just signed it and went and sat down. He walks off taking Putin's pen and Putin stopped him and says, hey, give me my pen back. <laughs> it was not a friendly visit. Do you think any of our politicians would protect our people that way? We haven't got the concept of what these people are having to do to remove the oppression. Putin's trying to muscle, if he has to, the bad guys out. He doesn't want to do it. But if he has to, he'll muscle them out. It's the only way. And uh, we can't say, oh, that's not how you should do it. King David did. He had to at times. That's the broadcast for today. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll continue the communications uh, broadcast and uh, get those documents downloaded and get ready. We'll talk about some more radio. and uh, But we still have to cover how to communicate encrypted, and uh, that's kind of uh, detailed. We might have to go more than one more time. So I'll see you tomorrow. It's the same time, same place. In the meantime, let me know if you hear anything about Jade Helm, if you see anything, and if you happen to be in the ground crew chat, drop it in there. If not, send me an email. I'm way behind. There are people asking to be able to access the Waterman files. So if you know somebody wants to hear it, give them the give them the link. Tell them to go to the tab. Tell them to put the password in, and you know, trust them if you can trust them to uh, listen. Not because see, I can get rid of them. By the way, 
and uh, we'll get, we've gotten rid of the trolls. So that's so it was all for us. Anyway, that's the main thing that I'm trying to do is cast for us. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.